0: I was telling somebody, I don't don't remember who it was at at this point. I was telling somebody last week after church, I've never seen anything like this. I've never seen God move the way that he's moving in us and around us and through us. I've never experienced anything like this. And it is a joy to get to come here to get to gather with you and worship with you and be empowered in here to take out there what God's doing inside of us in this in this room. I'm so I'm so glad to be here with you. Are you ready to to jump back into our series Missing Miracles? Uh, not a rhetorical question it wasn't it wasn't a rhetorical question yes no you can say no we can I mean it's 11:39. Uh, we can go home if you want to if you're not excited about it I'd like to preach but if you don't want to uh, hear it if we could I'd like to read you a couple of key verses from this series um to 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 jump back into where we're at and then we'll recap a little bit and uh jump into the miraculous as we continue in the, in the gospel of John and, and unpack this fourth miracle uh, that John recorded. Uh, in John 14, 12, it says, Very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing, and they will do even greater things than these because I'm going to the Father. They will do the works I've been doing, and... They'll do even greater things than these because I'm going to the Father. The neglected, um, the forgotten, the um, unfortunately sometimes uh, rejected truth of our faith is that if we believe in Jesus, if our faith is in Jesus, if our hope is in Jesus, if our life is rooted in Jesus and rooted in His Word, uh, we will be empowered by the Spirit of God inside of us to to do the things that Jesus did, and to see the things that Jesus saw. If our life is hidden in Christ, our lives uh, will be be empowered by the Spirit of God to do what Jesus did, and it says even greater things than these. We've been making the statement like this, and my prayer is that it kind of becomes a mission statement for our church, and it's it's, it's that if the same power that, that raised Jesus, if the same Holy Spirit that raised Jesus is, is living and moving and breathing uh, inside of us and we're walking according, according to his will, then what happens? We will see, we've been saying it like this, that this is, we're going to put this on the wall somewhere. If we're doing what God has called us to do, if we're walking in accordance with his will, and if his spirit is living in us, which the word of God says it is, if we've stepped into faith, if all of those things are true, then we will see, somebody say we will, we will see the supernatural handprint. We will see God's supernatural power in and on our lives. And in John 20, Verse 30 and 31, it says, Jesus performed, Is at the end of John's gospel. It says, Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book. But these are written, why? That you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God. And that by believing, you may have life in his name. That you may, these are written, why? That you may Believe what? That Jesus is the Messiah. And that in believing that, in putting your hope in that, and in putting your faith and your trust in that, that you will have life in his name. Maybe the most important thing that we've got to wrap our heads around, wrap our minds around in this time together is that when we see God do the miraculous, when we see God work a miracle, when we see God uh, uh, take a bullet through uh, wh- a bag of spaghetti noodles, like Brian said, and not hit one. When, when we see God heal a person who, who walked up to this building needing a cane and walked away from this building waving their cane in the air. When, when we see God do the miraculous, it doesn't just excite us. It, it does excite us, Right? We get excited about that. We're happy about that. We're overjoyed about that. But, but the important thing for us to understand is that it doesn't just excite us, but, but rather it empowers us to take our faith to the next level. And it drives us into a deeper relationship with the God of the miraculous. It doesn't just excite us, it empowers us to say, man, I got, I'm putting all of my faith in Jesus. If he could do this, what can he not do? I'm putting everything I got in Jesus. It, it, it takes us deeper. It takes us farther. And John said the purpose of these miracles that I'm recording, the the purpose of me writing this down for you, the the purpose uh, of of this being uh, such a focal point of my gospel is that through them, the, the, the purpose, the reason I'm writing this miracles, th- these miracles down is so that through them, the glory and the power and the majesty of the Lord would be put on display. And that through that and in, in, in that, that faith would be received and life would come. I, I'm writing these things. See, this is, this is we're, we're talking about it every week, but it's, it's so important. It's the whole heartbeat behind this series. And it's this, that, that, that the miraculous uh, um, puts on display the power of God. And when the power of God is put on display, then people begin to step into faith. And when people step into faith, that's when life comes. So that's our, that's our hope up to this point. In the Gospel of John, we've seen that God is the God of the uh, miraculous both in the monumental and in the monotonous. His miracle power is working in the big moments of our life, but it's also working in the small moments of our life. It's working, uh, we we saw a couple weeks ago, when a child uh, is laying on his deathbed. And it's also working when a wedding runs out of wine. God's able to do the miraculous in every moment, in every season, in every trial, in every storm, and in every circumstance that we face, God's the God of both, the big and the small. And then last week we saw Jesus come in contact um, with this man who'd been unable to walk for 38 years. This guy has been unable. To walk—that's a long time to me. I, That's—I—I I can't quite wrap my head around. Maybe because of my age, uh, Scott probably can, but—but but I can't wrap. <laughs> I can't wrap my uh, my head around not being able to walk for 38 years. And because of this, he had stationed himself by this pool that was said to have healing powers. He he stationed himself there every day in hope that that someday. Somehow he'd get someone to lift him into this water when it was stirred, and he would receive the healing that he so deeply wanted. And what it was so important for us to recognize in this was that sometimes. The Lord is not going to answer our prayers the way that we think he should, or when we think he should, or how we think he should. Sometimes it's not going to go the way that we hoped it would go. Sometimes God's not even going to answer our prayer the way that we prayed it. God's not working on our timeline. But, but we got to recognize that Even if it takes 38 years, this cannot keep us from having faith that we still serve a miracle-working God. And we will see His power. We will see His miracles. We will see His goodness. We will see His healing. We said it like this. We can't let striking out Keep us from going to the plate, swinging again. We we can't let that one time God didn't answer the prayer the way that we prayed it keep us from from taking another swing. We can't let striking out keep us from swinging again. We learn that we we may not always know where our journey is going to end up where God's going to take us, but we can know that if we continue taking steps in the direction of the will of God, in the direction of our purpose, in the direction of what God has called us to do, and with his glory in mind, and if we keep putting one foot in front of the other, we will eventually, we will eventually end up in the place where God wants us to be. So are you ready to see what God wants to speaking to our church today with the living, breathing Word of God wants to speak into our hearts. If you brought a Bible, turn with me to John chapter 6. That's after chapter 5 and before chapter 7. And we're going to look at the fourth miracle of Jesus recorded in the gospel of John. And and I think this is a truth that, that can be so impactful for us. And with I I believe with all my heart that this will, if we'll we'll really soak it in, if we'll really allow it to take root, if we'll really dive into the Word of God and get our heads around uh, this miracle of Jesus, that it'll change something inside of us. It'll shift something inside of us. It'll transform something inside of us. And we'll leave here uh, different than the way we came in. And we'll leave here with the kind of faith that God intended us to have. It says... In chapter six, verse one, it says, sometime after this, Jesus crossed to the far shore of the Sea of Galilee and a great crowd of people followed him because they saw the signs he had performed by healing the sick. A great crowd of people followed him. Why? This was interactive time. Because. They followed him not because they heard his name, not because not because some guy, their neighbor, had told him that he was the son of God, not not because uh, they knew without a doubt that this was the Messiah at this point. No, the the crowd followed him. The, the crowd was coming after him. Why? Because they had saw the things that he was doing. That they had seen. They they said, "I, I don't know who this guy is. I, I, I don't know what's going on with him, but I know miracles are." Following him, so if miracles are following him, I need to get in on that, so I'm gonna follow. It says, it says they followed him because they had seen his miracle working power. And we see, just like we saw when he returned to Cana a couple weeks ago and healed the official son, that the thing that is drawing people to Jesus is the miraculous works that are following by the thing that's drawing people the thing that's drawing the crowds the thing that's drawing thousands and thousands and thousands is the miracle working power that Jesus has is is putting on display everywhere that he goes and I'm here to tell you today is a little bit of a side note that if we want to be a church that draws the people of Rockmart, draws the people of this city in to hear the message of Jesus, to hear the gospel of Jesus, to hear the, the good news, whatever word you want to put on it. If we want to be a, a church that draws people in to hear the message of the cross. If we want to draw people in and see lives changed and lives altered and, and families restored and hope restored and chains broken, if we want to be a church that draws people in, we had better have the signs of Jesus all around us. We had better be seeing the miraculous because then this city says what? Man, I don't know about that church, but I know that my neighbor went there and, and and they prayed over him and and Jesus Name and, and he was healed. I, I I don't know what's going on in that church, but 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 there's something different going on down there, and, and and it's not about drawing people to us, right? It's about drawing people to Jesus. And and and, and when when the miraculous is happening all around us, we have an opportunity not to say, uh, look how great this church is. We talk about this all the time. Well, I don't care where you go to church, as long as that church is about Jesus. We have the opportunity to say, look how great this. Jesus is. Look what Jesus is doing. Look how, how, how Jesus is moving. Look how Jesus is working. No, no, no. no. The, the, the signs and the miracles and the wonders, they're not following this church. They're following Jesus. We just happen to be following Jesus also, so that's what's that's what's different. That was just a side note. I'm not preaching on that. And side note number two, if they aren't following us, we had better figure out, do everything in our power to figure out why they're not. We had better do everything in our power to figure out why we're not seeing the handprint of God all over our church and all over our lives and all over our families. I'm not preaching on this. I'm moving on. But Mark 16 does say... (laughs) That, that signs and wonders will follow those that believe. That, that, that you should be seeing some evidence. And I'm just saying. I'm getting back into John, but I'm just saying. That when we as a church, as a people, step out of the natural and into the supernatural, the world around us will take notice. They will see that something is going on, and it will do the same thing that it did here. It will draw them in to hear the message of Christ crucified, risen, and reigning. And that's where life change happens. I'm moving on. In verse 3, it says, then Jesus went up on a mountainside and sat down with his disciples. The Jewish Passover festival was near. Jesus went up on a mountainside and did what? He sat down with who? With his disciples. I wonder if maybe we're not seeing a move of God in our lives Because for many of us in this room, and I'm guilty of it too, please don't ever think I'm preaching at you. I'm preaching at me. If it happens to to talk to you as well, then praise God. But but maybe we're not seeing the move of God. That that the word of maybe what we're seeing of God isn't lining up with what the word says about God because we're not taking time to sit down with Jesus maybe we're not seeing the power and the presence of god it, it it's not just a pass by Verse. They went up on a a mountainside and they sat down with Jesus. And I'm here to tell you today, if you want to see God move, you had better be sitting down with Jesus. If you want to hear God's voice, you had better be sitting down with Jesus. I'm not saying you can't pray in your car or at your desk or, or, or wherever else it is you go when you're standing on a ladder wiring up a ceiling fan. But I'm saying you had better be taking some time to to sit everything else aside and sit down with Jesus. Because that's where you get the empowerment and the encouragement and the life that you need to keep on moving. One of the biggest themes in all of Scripture is taking time to get into the presence of God. And and again, I, I think we should pray at all times, pray without ceasing. But I'm not just talking about prayer, I'm talking about sitting down with Jesus. You're not sitting down with Jesus when a car cuts you off in traffic. Okay? Your prayer gets interrupted by a not appropriate prayer word. <laughs> Maybe just mine. I'm saying we gotta take the time whether it's in your closet or in your basement or at your desk or under the bed or in the bathroom. I'm saying we got to take some time to really sit down with Jesus, to really sit down with his word and say, what do you want to speak? I'm, I'm chasing rabbits, but it's okay. The way God speaks to us Can God speak audibly to our ears? Yes, he can. Yes, he can. But I would venture to say I'm not a mathematician but I w- uh, and, and I'm taking a statistics class right now and, and it's about the worst thing that I've ever immersed myself in in my life. Uh, but, but I would say that the, the statistic would be something like this. 99.9% of the time if the Lord is going to speak to you, he's going to do it through his word because he's already spoken. He, will, he can speak to you audibly. I'm not not sitting that aside. But if you're not taking the time to sit down in his presence and in his word, and then you're wondering, God, why are you not moving in my life? Why am I not hearing from you in my life? Why am I not seeing the miraculous in my life? I feel like God would say, when's the last time we sat down together? Colossians 4 says, devote yourselves to prayer. Being watchful and thankful. If we want to experience the life, and and more than just the life, the the power that God's Spirit equips us with, we have to make time to sit in the presence of Jesus. Then, when we do that, the signs and the wonders will follow those of us who have devoted our lives to being in His presence and seeing the glory of the miraculous one. That's that's when we see it. Are, Are we doing okay? It says when Jesus looked up and saw a great crowd coming toward him he said to Philip it's a shame when Jesus looked up and saw a great crowd coming toward him he said to Philip where shall we buy bread for these people to eat And he asked this only to test him, for he already had in mind what he was going to do. I wonder if you realize that when the Lord asks you a question, it's not because he needs you to give him the answer. Do you realize that? When God asks you a question, it's not because he needs your infinite knowledge on the subject. It's, it's not because without you, God wouldn't have a clue what the answer Jesus Jesus did not need Philip to tell him what was going to happen here. Jesus did not need Philip to solve this mathematical problem of we've got a lot of people coming and not a lot of food. He didn't want to know what his answer was. Was he wanted to know how deep his faith was? He he didn't want to know uh, uh, what what Philip's answer was to the question. He wanted to know if, if Philip knew that he could trust God to come through. Psalm one thirty nine four says, "Even before there's a word on my tongue, behold, O Lord, you know it all." Psalm one forty seven five says, "Great is our Lord and abundant in strength; his understanding." Is infinite. Somebody say infinite. The big theological word for this is God is omniscient. What that means for, for you and, and me today is that God knows what? Everything. God knows everything. So so when, when the Lord asks us a question, it's not because we can offer him some insight. That he doesn't already have, but rather, so that we can be made aware of how much faith we have in him. Because, see, I feel like we're not getting it. When 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 God asks us something, it 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 doesn't. It's not so that we can give him give him the right answer. It's so that I can see, David, how much faith do I really have in what God has said? How much faith do I really have that God is able to do immeasurably more than all that I could ask or imagine? How much faith do I really have that every promise in the Word of God still stands true today just as it did 2,000 years ago? How much faith do I have in Him? Jesus knew exactly how he was going to feed this crowd of people. Jesus knew exactly how this this moment was going to work out. So we can only assume that he wanted to build a faith, that that in this question, he wanted to build a faith in, 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 in Philip that said what? That, that next time a situation presented itself, that next time a crowd approached that they didn't know how they were going to feed, that next time a, a storm was on the horizon that they thought was going to take them, take them down, that he would have the faith to say, I don't know, Lord, but I know you're the God of immeasurably more, and I know that you already know how this is going to come to pass, so I'm going to trust in your ways. I'm going to trust, God, that you've already got it figured out and I'm going to keep taking step after step and believing that I'm going to end up exactly where it is that you need me to be <laughs> I don't know God but I know that you're able says Philip answered him it would take more than a half than half a year's wages to buy enough bread for each one to have a bite. He's saying, forget feeding them, God. It would take half a year's wages just for everybody to have a bite. It it would take... There is so many people here, God, that it would take half a year's wages for for us to pass around. Brian, you get one little bite off this loaf of bread. It, It would take half a year's wages... Just for people to have a bite and you're talking about feeding them, God? I don't know. Another of his disciples, Andrew Simon Peter's brother, spoke up. Here's a boy with five small barley loaves and two small fish. But how far will they go among so many? He said, God, I here's a kid. He's got some... Got like a number two from Captain D's. I don't. And we're talking about like fifteen thousand people here because there's, there's what five thousand men. So there's you know no telling how many women and children. I don't. I don't think we, what I'm trying to say, God, is I don't think we can feed them with a number two. Chick Fil A gonna have to cater this junk because this, this 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 little kids meal. It's not going to work. How far will they go among so many? And there, right there, is so often yours and my answer. Right there is so often our response, isn't it? God, what can Community Fellowship North do in such a big world with such a small group of people? How far will that go among so many? God, what, what difference? God, I make 30 grand a year what difference can i really make in the overwhelming number of women and children that are being trafficked for sex right now how far can that really go what difference can i can i make in the in the overwhelming number of men and women and children. Even in this city. That are addicted and broken and homeless. God, I, I've got so little. How far can that really go? And the heartbreaking truth of this is, when, is that when we assume that the Lord can't work with what we have. That, that 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 what we have isn't enough, that what we have can't make a difference, that this group of people isn't big enough to change a city, that that my wallet isn't big enough to, to affect an issue in this world. That, that 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 my influence isn't isn't enough to 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 breathe hope and life and and freedom in, into into to to a city that that is that is crippled by by homelessness and addiction and What I have is not enough. How far will this go? Among so many, and the heartbreaking truth of it is that when this happens, when this is our mindset, when this is what we say, we keep in our hands the very thing that the Lord wants us to place into His hands. We say, God, <laughs> can can I be real with y'all for a second? We say, God, I'm not I'm not gonna I'm not gonna give at church because what could my ten percent really do? What difference could it really make? God, I'm I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna give to the the cause of abolition of 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 sex slavery because what do I really have to give God what difference could it really make I'm not going to give my time volunteering because this little bit of time I got in this little group of people what difference Can it really make? So what do we do? We keep in our hands the thing that God wanted us to put into his hand. And God says, if you would have just put it in my... I'm not asking you to do the miracle with it. I'm asking you to put it in my hand and let me do the miracle with it. I'm not asking you to do anything special. I'm just asking to take what I've given you and give it back and put it in my hand and see what I can do with it. I'm just asking you to release what I've blessed you with and see what God can do. See how God can move. This little boy said, Man, all I've got is a number two. But Jesus, if you can use it, all I've got is this little meal, this little Captain D's. I don't even think it's really fish, Jesus. But if you can use it, If you can use it, here it is. Here it is. Here it is, God. And it would have been so easy to say, man, man, this ain't big enough to make a difference for all these, these thousands of people. It's make it big enough to make a difference in my stomach, so I'm just gonna eat it anyway. Oh, that that 10%, it's not it's not big enough to make a difference in, in the house of God and in the work that. That God's doing in this city. But it's big enough to make a difference in my bank account. So I'm going to keep it anyway. Oh that money God's calling me to give to this cause. To see justice in this world. It's not enough to make a difference there. But it's enough to make a difference to me. So I'm just going to keep it to myself. And if that had been the mindset of this boy, he would have missed his miracle. If that had been the mindset, he would have missed what it was that God wanted to do through the little bit that he had in his plan, in his hand, that he could place into God's hand. The disciples didn't see it. They said, the, (laughs) the math, God, it doesn't quite add up. It's not there. The numbers aren't there, God. There's no way this can work. And Jesus said, have the people sit down there was plenty of grass in that place and they sat down about 5,000 men were there so 5,000 men plus women plus children families can you imagine this horde of people that are chasing Jesus We could see that today. Just hordes of people chasing Jesus because of what he's done, because of what he's doing, because of how he's moving, because of how he's working. And then Jesus took the loaves, gave thanks, and distributed to those who were seated a little bite for each of them. That's not what it says. It says Jesus blessed it. And he took this little meal. And he said, Oh, Chrissy, you want seconds here. You take as much as you want. You take as much as you need. You take as much as you need. You take as much as you need. He said, I've got plenty. Because see, I'm the God of immeasurably more. So it doesn't matter what what you see in your hands. I've got as much as you need. Matter of fact, David, i got more than you can handle. So you take as much as you need because I've got it. Why? Why? Oh boy, put what was his, in his hand into God's hand. The faith of a child. But you know what I think he said? Because we already know why he was here, right? We read at the beginning why he was here he was here the same reason the whole rest of the crowd was here as you stand to your feet with me he was here for the same reason everybody else was here because he had seen the miracles that god had already done he had seen the, the healing power of the god who was able so he said man i i believe that if, if, if God can take legs that don't work and make them work again, then I think God can turn this fish into as much fish as He wants. I think He can make it more than enough. You know what He did? You know what He did? I'm closing with this. He came with the expectation of the miraculous on his heart. And he released in faith what he had, believing that God would do with it what only God can do.